What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host, Mac Rommel. And guys, the Buccaneers did it. They, just, they defeated uh, Max, you know, every every single game, I believe, he picked against them and yep. every single game they won. So um, Buccaneers fans, I don't know if there's any watching, but you, you can thank Mac for uh, picking against your guys. He, he had them losing in the first round, and, and now they're Super Bowl champs. So that, I think it was the jinx. <laughs> I think it was. I, I really did. Maybe I should have rooted for him, and it would have uh, turned out otherwise. <laughs> Chiefs would have won by like 50. Yeah, Eric Fisher yeah. would have magically appeared on the field. But yeah. that is uh, where we are going to start today. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, obviously. 31-9, Tampa Bay gets the win. So, Mac, I'm going to start with you here. Just your thoughts on the game, uh, the keys to why the Buccaneers were so successful, and just – just anything, really. What were your thoughts on the game? I mean, the Buccaneers, they absolutely dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, last uh, week in our episode, when we were predicting the Super Bowl, we said the keys to the game were going to be winning in the trenches, especially with the Kansas City Chiefs in their depleted offensive line, both tackles out. They slid their guards out to tackle. So it was really a mismatch, a mismatch everywhere. But the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were electrifying. Only sending four every single play at most, no blitzes. And they gave Patrick Mahomes hell. I believe this stat was almost 500 yards running away, uh, just trying to evade, avoid and uh, evade the pressure. So that's pretty outstanding. Patrick Mahomes, obviously a, a great game for really what happened. Receivers dropping passes. And I'll stick with the Chiefs for now and say uh, why they didn't loot, why they didn't win. Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball 49 times with that offensive line. You see what's happening. He's getting destroyed out there. Has no time. Receivers are dropping balls. Tyreek Hill getting double the entire game. I mean, that was clearly a huge part of this game plan. And uh, Tyreek Hill is a big key to the success in that original win uh, in the regular season for the Chiefs. This year, they doubled him, took him out of the game plan. I mean, he still has 73 yards, but it's better than over 100, over 110 like he's been having this entire playoffs. And then Travis Kelsey, he's doing his thing. Kind of consistent, as you would expect, but you're looking there, 49 pass attempts. And then something we've been kind of struck upon and kept our eyes on this entire postseason was the run. Look at that. The most amount of carries that this team had was nine by Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He had 64 yards and 7.1 uh, yards per carry. And they don't switch their game plan to the run with how well he was playing. Yeah, that that kind of does it for them. I mean, you're giving the Patrick Mahomes the ball when he's under pressure and Clyde, Clyde Edwards, the is clearly having a game and you're not giving him the ball. Uh, and that's clearly why the chiefs lost offensively, but the bucks, I mean, offensively, they did exactly what they had to do. Tom Brady, of course, coming in clutch in the Super Bowl, and our boy Gronk, we had to choose him in, uh, in the pick em party last week for getting the catch. He had a big game sure. two touchdowns. You can never doubt him in the Super Bowl. And then you're looking at the run once again, the team who runs the ball wins the games. Leonard Fournette had his big touchdown run. Ronald Jones was a big contributor, both over five yards per carry. And then defensive for the Bucs. Do I really even need to talk about it? They got pressure with four guys, and they only had two sacks. But, I mean, if Patrick Mahomes was Tom Brady, if Tom Brady was there again, that kind of pressure, I mean, they would have had at least 15 sacks, <laughs> to say the least. But this defense was flying, and you could clearly see the sheer speed that they play with, and uh, they really controlled the Chiefs offensively and defensively. Yeah, um, I think you put it great. And the thing I, you know, was going to focus on is, you know, the idea of the, the games being won in the trenches, and that's been the case this postseason. We've seen that in most games. There's really been a few exceptions. Uh, other than really the Buffalo Bills, um, you know, they were there for their two games, not dominating uh, with the run. But 
they were able to get it done. But yeah, like you said, um, you know, the Bucks they carried the ball 28 times for what is that? 150 yards. And you know, that's kind of what you do here. Tom Brady, he was great. He had all the time in the world and the defense, you know, did their thing, obviously getting to the quarterback. Um, like you said, playing uh, more of a zone and more, more drop back, not, not letting up the big plays, which is key. And, you know, you look at the stats, it's really interesting. I mean, if, if someone told us before the game that, you know, here, Mike Evans would have one catch for 30 yards and Chris Gowan would have two for nine. We would say the Bucs got smoked in, in this case. Yeah. Um, but, you know, big contributors, Gronk, you know, he just shines in these moments. Leonard Fournette played great. I mean, he had 46 reception yards and four catches too. Cameron Brait was good. AB, um, you know, had some had some good moments in there, like the touchdown. But like you said, the pressure was just, it was just too much for, for Pat Mahomes to handle. He was just constantly scrambling, constantly just having to throw the ball up. In the end, it was just, you know, the final few throws of his of the game was really him just throwing it up and hoping someone was there. Um, and I mean, outside of Kelsey and Hill, and I mean, a lot of these yards were even in garbage time. There was no one else that was contributing. Like we were saying, look out for like a big game from like a McCole Hardman, a Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins. One of these guys was due to go off and and they just didn't. They, you know, Sammy Watkins last year had a great Super Bowl. This time he had one for 13. So um, you know, that's kind of the difference for me here. Their defense was just mediocre. It really didn't put any pressure on. They had one sack, no turnovers. And like we said last week, I said the key to the game is gonna be the winning the the turnover battle for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And they did that easily here. Um, two to two to none, I guess, was it. I feel like the Chiefs might have had a fumble too. I don't know though. But um, they won the turnover battle, and that's been the key for this team. And just the Chiefs, they just look, you know, all over, besides Pat Mahomes, really, they just look dead. The punter, yep. um, you know, he was dropping punts, he was he was muffing and, and just not having a good game. Um, you know, the defense didn't play good. Chris Jones was a non-factor. Butker was good, he made all his kicks, but it just was not the Chiefs night. Tampa Bay. Got it done, and um, props to them, man. A lot of people doubted yep. them, um, like yourself, and uh, they really showed up. They 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 really got it together, and that defense in the end really was was what carried that team in the end. Even though the offense was was so spectacular, the defense was what put them in the spots to win this game. So great job of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, sad to see the NFL season ending, but there's sure a lot that's going to go on this off season. And um, I, if you don't have anything more to say on that, we can kind of kind of move right into that if you want. Let's do it. I mean, I guess the only thing I could say, I want to say is, I mean, we all hated Tom Brady when, when he was on the Patriots, but I, I'm liking this new Tampa Bay Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> that parade, throwing, throwing the Lombardi Trophy across. I mean, he's having a good time. He's having a good time, and I, I'm starting to change my view on Tom Brady. Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, as a Jets fan, I hate him, but, you know, he's just, you know, he's just, it's just, honestly, it was, it was not that hard to cheer for him this year. You know, he just kind of felt good. He was trying to prove Against Belichick and Belichick, I feel like I just kind of hate now. But, um, yeah, he's having fun. He's, you know, you see him at the parade and stuff. Like, I like what you said there. I agree. I don't think it's – you know, they got a lot of guys to, to root for on the team. Larry Fournette, Gronk, Evans Godwin. I mean, A.B., he's had his ups and downs. And, obviously, he's got a lot of legal stuff that, you know, is not excusable. But, you know, it was good to see him get his, a ring and, and a touchdown in the Super Bowl after everything he's gone through as well. So, that's kind of my take on that. But – the big news that came out a few days after, I think it was yesterday it came out, J.J. Watt, released by the Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was there for, for years. He's won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. I believe it was eight yep. Pro Bowls or something along those lines. Um, a leader, uh, you know, Walter Payton, Man of the Year winner, a superstar, really. And, you know, he got cut. He has to be released. What were your thoughts on this, Mac? And also, obviously, I have to ask, what team do you think he'll end up on on? What Jesus, what team do you think he'll end up on 
or uh, or what team do you like him best on potentially per se? Yep. I mean, this was kind of expected after that week 16, I believe it was. I mean, you could clearly see how frustrated he was and he was even mad for the fans that they had to go through uh, the season and everything that was going on. But uh, this was kind of expected for me, but what I'd really be looking at and we'll probably get into in a little bit is Deshaun Watson. I mean, if I was Deshaun, I'd be furious that JJ Watts is getting released, not even traded. And uh, he's still there in his situation, but JJ Watt, a great player. He had, I believe 101 sacks, something like that in his 10 year career. He had five something pro bowls. He said, like eight, something like that. Um, but recently he's had injury problems, but he's still a good player. He had five sacks this year. He played in all 16 games. And I think that's going to be a key. But right now, uh, I don't want to steal their team, but I think I have to. I, we got to agree on something here. I think he'll be going to the Steelers, like you said. He has to join his brothers and a great uh, defensive line and defense in general. They'll be losing Bud Dupree. He texted me that. I kind of forgot about that. But uh, he would be a great player to come fill in for Bud Dupree. I mean, although he's an end and Dupree's a linebacker, uh, they still get the job done rushing. And he'll be there with his brother uh, going after quarterback. So I think that'll be a great story. And for someone late in his career, uh, I think he'll be more focused on the family perspective than uh, the playing. Yeah, I think, you know, he wants to win right now. Um, you know, he's done so much for Houston. No one can deny him that. And, you know, he, it's right for him to want out. The, the Texans did the right thing. And, you know, we'll touch on it in the Deshaun thing, but this isn't going to help. Deshaun, you know, I, I don't think he'll ever take a snap for the Texans again. Um, you know, no matter what the Texans say, I think they know that as well. Um, but in terms of, you know, where he might go, I, you know, like I said, I think it's likely that the Steelers are an option. But, you know, thinking about it, weirdly enough, I do think the Cleveland Browns are in a very good position. That would have been my other choice. Been yeah, my other choice. I think, you know, you look at it, you get to play your brothers twice a year so that you have that you're still going to uh, be in you know contact with them be able to play them uh and see them and not live too far away from each other they're a team that's in a position to win i mean they just won against the steelers steelers honestly uh, they're going to lose a lot of guys this offseason I mean, you're going to yeah. lose juju smith smith schuster you know no matter what we think of him you know he they need they do need him because i don't think that receiving core with claypool and deontay johnson is, is going to be enough um they're going to lose dupree like we said i mean they got a bunch of issues uh, they got guys coming off 20 CLs like Devin Bush. Who knows what he's going to be? Big Ben looks terrible. Pouncey just retired. Steelers are kind of in a, a bad spot to me. So I feel like J.J. Watt, the smart move, you go to the guy who, you know, just one coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski. He's a great coach. They need help on that left end. Olivier Vernon uh, is going to be done. He's going to be hitting free agency. They're not going to bring him back. You need to play against on the other side of Miles Garrett. I mean, that would be incredible to see. You know the team's going to be good. You know the offense is going to be good. Odell's coming back. They have plenty of money, so yep. money's not going to be an issue here. I think the Cleveland Browns, weirdly enough, make a lot of sense. And I could really see, obviously, I think he wants to play with his brothers. But I do at the same time think that, hey, the Browns are in a better position, in my opinion, to win. And uh, I think that, you know, he'll still going to play his brothers, same division. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to go to Cleveland. So for me, I think Cleveland or, or Pittsburgh are the top two teams for me that I see uh, as likely for him to go to. Yep. 100%. And Deshaun, uh, I don't know if you want to transition into that now, but I hope you're furious and uh, we're going to have to see what the Texans are going to be doing from here on out uh, at the quarterback situation because right now it's pretty evident Deshaun is going to be out of there, whether it's a trade, release, or whatever it is, or even if he is. Really, they will release him. <laughs> They're not going to release him. Just any option. But, um, yeah, so Deshaun will be out. And uh, I don't know if you want to get right into it with uh, your prediction for him. Yeah. Um, so look, I think the Texans here are going to be in a spot. I don't think they care about his list. I mean, obviously you can block a trade, but at the end of the day, 
I think if they tell him this is the team you're going to or we're not trading you, he's going to accept it. And I think, weirdly enough, and it's going to tie into a guy we're going to also talk about, I think the New York Jets are going to end up. I just think they're in too good a spot to land Deshaun Watson. They can give the Houston Texans Sam Darnold, who's still young. He's got a lot to prove. So you're getting a young quarterback. You can also get that number two pick. So you can either grab a quarterback there if you want um, to have with Darnold or, you know, um, you know, I think Darnold would be in the deal. I think that makes sense. I think they'd want him um, just to have someone that they at least could know that they could throw in there. But, you know, you get the number two pick. Maybe you get draft a guy like a, a Penny Sewell or something like that. You want O tackle or something like that. I don't know what you can do. You can do a lot of things with that pick. Um, and, you know, the Jets have uh, the Jets have draft capital. They also have that Seahawks pick. Um, they have the Seahawks pick next year. They have their pick next year. They've got, you know, third round, multiple thirds, I think, a, a second. You know, they got a ton of picks. So the Jets have plenty of picks to trade. They can give you a young quarterback. Um, I don't know if they'd be willing to part with Quinn and Williams. It'd be interesting to see if the Texans want Quinn and Williams in the deal. I feel like they could use him um, on that D line, especially without JJ Watt. Now Quinn and Williams could be an interesting piece for them. I'm not sure the jets uh, reluctantness. That's not it. I don't know if I, I think I botched that, <laughs> but I don't know what their reluctancy would be to trade him. Um, but I do think the New York jets are in the best spot, even though, you know, he's, we've heard so many reports at this part. We've heard jets, we've heard Niners, we've heard dolphins. Um, but, you know, I'm looking at the Niners. I don't think they're in a good spot with draft capital land them. The Dolphins, I mean, yes, they, they have two of it. I don't think two is more than, worth more than Darnold at this point, to be honest. So um, I'm going to say he goes to the Jets. I just think it makes too much sense. All right. Uh, so for me, this was between two teams, and I realistically think it's going to be between these two teams, one of them, the Jets, and the other one, the Dolphins. And this because of two reasons. The Texans, uh, they really haven't shown any interest in wanting to trade Deshaun. It's going to come to that point. But uh, once they get to that point, they're going to be strict. They're going to want a lot for them, and two teams are going to be able to do that. The Jets, as you said, with all the draft capital, especially after that Jamal Adams trade. And the other team is the Dolphins. I mean, they have that third overall pick from the Texans, so they'll be getting their own original pick back. And uh, along with their um, other first round I totally pick. forgot they had that pick. Yeah. So you're getting two first-round picks this year. You can get another first next year. And then you can get another quarterback in Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> I uh, almost botched that. But you could hope – who you hope would develop into something uh, something great like he was expected to be coming out of Alabama. He would be going there with the receiver. Uh, well, this is Deshaun Watson. He would be going there. And he would have some good receivers in tight end, Mike Jasicki, and a great coach – I think him and Brian Flores would connect greatly. And then especially adding on to a defense that is Super Bowl caliber, I believe. I think they really have a, sh a chance uh, to make the Super Bowl, especially if they make this Deshaun trade. It'll be a lot to give up, but the Jets and the um, the Dolphins are the two teams I think are realistically going to be the, the teams who trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, maybe Will Fuller goes with Deshaun. Will Fuller's going to be a free agent. Maybe, you know, they had a great connection. I don't know what the deal is. He's got, you know, his PD thing. But um, we'll see. Both those teams definitely need receiver help with Deshaun Watson. That's that's going to have to be a priority for both of them. Um, so I already kind of gave mine on where I think Darnold's going to go. So uh, I'll flip this one to you, obviously. Where do you think Sam Darnold will end up um, if the Jets don't trade uh, for Deshaun Watson and send them to Houston? Yep, I'm not going to be boring with this one. I mean, Donald, I honestly could see him staying there if they don't trade for Deshaun, but I'll have some fun. And I'll go with the team who seems to be interested in every single quarterback that's available, and that's the Washington football team. I mean, a young quarterback who could just go in there, fill in for a year or two while you try and find your guy. He'll be there with Terry McLaurin. He'll be an instant upgrade over 
Taylor Heineke. I mean, he shows some hope, but is he going to be this future? Is he going to be a starter in this league? I'm not sure. He seems more of a backup. Alex Smith, uh, I'm not sure what his future is going to hold. Is he going to be a starter or a backup? We're going to have to see. He may be a guy that could kind of fill in, but Sam Darnold's a guy who could start. He may not be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He may be in the 20s, 25 range of top quarterbacks, but he'll be there and he'll be able to contribute instantly with players like Terry McLaurin. And hopefully in the draft, you're going to be able to get some good receivers. Like in the first round, if you don't have to give up that pick, you go with a player like Kadarius Tony, a nice versatile weapon to help develop Sam Donald and maybe even make him your franchise quarterback of the future. So we're going to have to see, but I think the football team could be an interesting spot for uh, Sam Donald. I think, I think that's a, uh, interesting pick. Um, I do have the football team acquiring a quarterback. Uh, so we're going to talk about three more quarterbacks today. Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr. Which one do you want to start with, Mac? Uh, you know what? Let's start with uh, probably the easiest person, the person who will probably stay, and this is Russell Wilson. Yeah, so um, I don't think Russ is going anywhere. Um, I'd highly doubt this trade happens, but we'll have some fun. I'm going to send Russell Wilson to the Washington football team. I think they're going to acquire a quarterback. Um, in terms of what the football team can give, um, they could probably part with one of those D linemen, maybe like a Montez Sweat. That D line is stacked. They have a ton of guys. They could even trade like an Ionitis or a, maybe a Darren Payne, someone like that. They got a lot of guys there. So I think they could part with the one. They could give a bunch of first round picks. They could give you a running back. I mean, they don't need running backs. I guess that's going to work. They could give, you know, they got a lot of options with what they could give. Um, I think draft yep. would be huge, but, you know, just to have fun with it. Um, I really don't think Russ is getting traded, so really shouldn't be taken too seriously. But, you know, I think Washington would be in a spot to uh, to trade for him. I think, you know, help the CX on the D-line, maybe some other spots as well, and, and give, you know, your first-round pick for the next three years, your second-round pick for the next two years, and, and just have fun with it. Yep, completely agree with you. That would be an interesting spot. I mean, the quarterbacks in the NFC East, if that happened, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, two of the better quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I'm not even sure. Do you want to even get into Dak Prescott eventually uh, down the line after don't these quarterbacks? I mean, we could. I think he'll still end up in Dallas, but I don't know if you have a different yep. opinion. Yep, yep. But uh, Russell Wilson, as you said, he'll probably stay. He had some fun with it. So I'll just kind of stick with the bland thing. I think he's going to stay a Seahawk. Um, but I forgot who made the comments. They think uh, it was Russell Wilson trying to force his way out of Seattle in uh, the easiest way. I, I don't remember who said that. It was. I think, uh, I think it was like Brandon Marshall or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I don't see it like that. I think he just really wants the help. I mean, he's been there his entire career. I don't see the Seahawks wanting to trade him. I mean, he's less like – I think – the Seahawks will make a harder push uh, to keep uh, Russell Wilson there than the Houston Texans are going to be doing uh, with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So there's, a, there's no doubt, I think, in my mind that uh, he's going to stay there. But Washington football team could be an interesting pick if he does end up somehow getting traded. Yeah, I, I think Russ will be a Seahawk for life. But someone that is uh, probably leaving in the next month or so, Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, he's getting traded. Where do you think he'll end up? I feel like it's kind of between two teams, so I don't know if you'll stick with your pick. We did this a few weeks ago, but what are you thinking? Yeah, it's the two teams, and uh, right now I'm just going to go with the Colts. I mean, it makes too much sense. Frank Reich, the guy who developed him, led him towards his MVP form and his MVP caliber season. I think he's a great fit there, and if there's one guy that can turn Carson Wentz's career around, it's going to be Frank Reich, and he's going to a team that has a great offensive line, and, you know, injury concerns are probably – 
one of the main things that each team who was looking to trade for him is kind of focused on, will he be healthy and will they be able to protect him? And I think one of the one offensive line in the league that will be able to protect him and uh, help build around him. And that's going to be the Colts with their great offensive line, arguably the best in the league. He'll be going to a team who has T Y Hilton. Who's who knows if he's going to be there, but a young uh, core with players like Michael Pittman. And then you got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, a great offensive line. As I said, a bunch of young guys that could help him develop and get back to his MVP caliber form. Yeah. Um, I'm going Colts too. Like you said, you know, there were those bears rumors, that a deal was like finalized, but now that that's kind of died down, I don't think he's going to the bears. I think that was kind of, maybe they, a deal fell through or something like that. I don't know what happened. False reporting. Colts make too much sense. They can give a first round pick. They're not going to be afraid to do that if it comes down to that, or they'll just end up with the second. But um, yeah, it makes too much sense. Um, and with Wentz, to me, the bears make no sense. Wentz has been proven to need a lot of protection. And when he has it, like he did in that Super Bowl year with, you know, all those guys when they were all healthy, he was great. He was an MVP type type player so um the Colts make a lot of sense um they'll be able to give him that protection and you know the weapons are kind of similar when you think about it to the Eagles Super Bowl wise um and I'm sure they'll be able to maybe snag someone in the draft or snag someone in free agency as well to add so to me Colts make too much sense there um maybe the Bears make a move I don't know I see him yep. going to the Colts yep yep and then, yep and I guess our next guy and final guy, and this is Derek Carr. I mean, there's been more speculation that Marcus Mariota will be the one who is traded, but Derek Carr is definitely going to be the guy that teams are looking to trade for. And you know that the Raiders will be getting calls for Derek Carr more so than Marcus Mariota. So uh, for Derek Carr, where do you have him going? I don't know if they do it, but I got to give him a quarterback today, and that's going to be the Carolina Panthers. We've heard them really trying to upgrade at quarterback. I think Derek Carr is definitely an upgrade over Teddy B. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, if this team's looking for a quarterback, Derek Carr, proven leader, he can do well. And, you know, he really hasn't had the weapons that he would have in Carolina with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel might be a free agent. I'm not too sure, but Christian McCaffrey, obviously I think Derek Carr would really flourish in that offense. And you're not going to have to give up as much as like a Deshaun Watson per se. You can probably give Teddy Bridgewater and something else back to uh, Vegas. So I think Panthers could be a really interesting team here to trade for him. Um, maybe football team too. I, I think they could be in on Derek Carr as well. It seems like they're in on Mariota. They're in on everyone though. So um, not too much to say there, but yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give them to Carolina, Derek Carr to Carolina. All right. I'm going to go a bit different here and maybe a team that people won't be thinking of. And let's have some fun. And let's say the Steelers. How about the Steelers? Mm, big bang, That's DJ. interesting. Who knows how much longer he has. I mean, Derek Carr will probably be giving up a first, maybe a little bit more, but he go there. Derek, I mean, Big Ben will be the starter for a year or two, but you'd have him sit behind Big Ben, uh, try and get his potential back and get him back to the level he was in 2016 where he was uh, an MVP candidate. He was great, and he's a player who's been consistent throughout his career. He may not be a great quarterback right now, but he's shown signs of being a great quarterback quarterback as I said with that 2016 season and he's a consistent player who could get the job done and I think the Steelers would be a great team uh, who could help him develop and hopefully get back to his 2016 form uh, you're gonna have a defense uh, that'll still probably be good without the free agents um, and then offensively you're gonna be losing some guys but Derek Carr by the time uh, he would be starting I think they would have they would have built around him uh, around him already excuse me that was a that, that was a bit of a flubber of words <laughs> yeah that's interesting i actually didn't think uh steelers you know it looks like big ben will come back and i don't know if they'll have the money to trade for a 
QB if he does. But um, hey, I like the I like the fit, and I think it makes sense. So why not? Why not? I know. All right. So the last thing we're going to talk about, I know it's a little bit of a short episode this week, but we're going to work on the future weeks and we're going to have some cool content, especially with the start of MLB, which is what we're talking about now. We're going to talk some New York Mets for the fun of it. Um, Yeah, why not? We're going to talk a little bit, not too long about the Mets, but um, big rumors swirling around them. Obviously, they missed out on Trevor Bauer. We covered that last week, but they're looking to do something. It seems like they might still try and make a big move. Um, And in terms of what that could be, um, will it be a third base? It, it really looks like it would be a third base potentially. So they've been linked to Chris Bryant, Matt Chapman, which I really doubt is going to happen, but I'll touch on that. Um, Seth Lugo now just goes down for uh, a good portion of the season. Likely he's not going to be able to throw a baseball for six weeks, which basically takes him to opening day without throwing. Um, so they need relief help. They're just looking for starters. I don't know what you're thinking. Center field, even where do you think the Mets might end up finishing the off season? Uh, maybe a few moves, a few, potential signings that they could be looking at. Yep. Uh, as I said, we kind of talked before, uh, really the Mets, they've made so many moves this offseason and they've been great. They start, they hired Steve Cohen as their uh, new owner. Uh, they got Lindor in the trade, but uh, this team right now, they don't need much, but I think center field and third base is some areas where they can improve and third base right now is kind of seems is what seems uh, more likely to happen. Um, Chris Bryant, as you said, he's a guy that they're looking at. And I think that he may be a better, there may be a better chance of him being traded to to the Mets than there is Matt Chapman. Uh, The the Cubs, they have already uh, dealt away two players this off season. So it would be no surprise if they deal away Chris Bryant. I mean, he may have been coming off of a disappointing season, but he won the NL MVP in 2016. He had three all-star performances and he would be a great player to add to the Mets roster. And then Matt Chapman, uh, the 27 year old third baseman he's also drawn interest for the Mets of course as you said he won the gold glove twice and is a two-time top 10 MVP finisher uh this guy is a great guy on defense great offensively and always gets on base uh so you can't really go wrong either way but I think Chris Bryant will be the more likely move for the Mets if they do decide to go uh third base or even center field yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't think Matt Chapman's happening. Um, the A's are going to value him too highly, and the Mets have said they don't want to part with top seven prospects, and to get Matt Chapman, you're going to have to do that. I think a Bryant move is really interesting, and I think what really interests me is if they could package Chris Bryant and Kyle Hendricks together. Mets still need starting pitching help. Kyle Hendricks has been one of the most consistent pitchers in baseball over the past you know, several seasons. He's really always in the three low threes with the RA, which is huge, and you know, he's signed through – a few years, kind of like a Carlos Carrasco kind of deal. He's not too old. He's only like 31 years old. So I think that could be a really nice addition um, and, you know, willing to give up maybe like a J.D. Davis back and, and maybe some pitching prospects and stuff like that. Um, I agree. Chris Bryant coming off a down year. This is the time to buy on him. You know, if you wait to the deadline, obviously you expect it to get lower the price. But um, if he has a great year and he's MVP caliber player, um, you know, it's going to cost a lot. So now's the time to pounce on him. I think take the risk. But they do need bullpen help. I think that needs to be prioritized as well right now. Um, so I need. I think they need to look at a guy like Trevor Rosenthal. Bring back Justin Wilson as well. They still need another lefty arm. They obviously really only have Aaron Loop out there who they just signed. So bring back Justin Wilson. He's proved he can pitch in New York. He's been solid. And then also maybe go out and get a guy like Trevor Rosenthal. Um, you know, keep throwing heat and, you know, plug him in the bullpen. He'll be good until Lugo comes back. And when Lugo comes back, maybe you look to move Familia, Batanza, something like that. But Lugo's injury makes it hard for you now to really go out and trade uh, 
a Jaris Familia because, you, you know, even though he's not the most consistent, you still need guys out there now. So we'll see what happens. I think that's likely if, you know, they don't get a Kyle Hendricks in a trade, expect them to go after a James Paxton-esque, maybe Jake Rizzi, Jake Odorizzi, Taiwan Walker type player in the rotation. I think they'll land one or two more guys for the rotation in terms of depth go after someone in the bullpen. I don't think they'll go after center field unless the DH comes back. I don't think, I think they're done there after signing Almora and then third base, maybe look for a trade Chris Bryant or maybe a Eugenio Suarez as well, but I don't see that. Like I see Chris Bryant is the most likely. Yep. 100% center field, <laughs> center field. Uh, I saw you just take it in for a moment. You're like, Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 we're going in. We're, I'm taking it. In. I have to gain all this knowledge from you. I got to pay attention. So <laughs> I, I may need a few seconds and, and a few moments to take it all in. But yep, Mets in a great position to succeed this year and have a great chance at uh, even making a World Series run. Just a few more upgrades, a few more moves, and they could very well be in the mix with some of those top teams like the Dodgers or even the Yankees. Yep, no doubt. And, uh, I don't know if you want to wrap this one up. I don't got too much more else to say. I know it's a short one, but um, yep. yeah, it's kind of all I got. I think this one may uh, run up the viewers. A short one. <laughs> come back. Short ones do do better. Yeah. They may come back. They may come back. So everyone, <laughs> as always, we appreciate you guys for watching this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Let us know what you guys want to see next. Make sure to follow us on our Instagrams. My Instagram is Mac.Rommel. Griffin's Instagram is uh, Griffin Senek. And uh, our podcast, now podcast Instagram is Outside the Arena Podcast. Make sure to follow us there. You could DM us. That's probably the easiest place to contact and reach us. And also go subscribe to our other YouTube channel, OTA Clips. We're going to be posting shorter things, kind of breaking news type things over there. So if you don't have the time to watch these full episodes, that may be the place for you guys to go and uh, check out some new breaking news stories. And as always, we hope you stay safe and we'll see you guys next week on Outside the Arena.